How can a beautiful woman like Nia Long, like Beyonce, like you name it, right? How can a man cheat on a woman like that? That's what everyone is asking right now. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Iconic Womanhood Podcast, where we celebrate and learn from the wisdom of authentic, brilliant, conscious, and creative women from all around the world. This podcast will leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to become truly iconic. And now, here is your host, Akena. She is a transformational coach and speaker. The reality is when we ask that question, then what we are really saying is that there are some women that we think deserve to be cheated on. In some way, we're saying that. We're saying that this particular woman, she's so fabulous. She's so beautiful. Why should a man cheat on her? And this other woman, well, you know, well, we get it. We understand, which is a terrible way we are thinking, but it is indicative of something that is actually prevalent in our community that we don't really talk about, which is at the end of the day, we still believe that when a man cheats, it has to do with the woman. We still put it all on her. If she is a particular way, then maybe he won't cheat. Well, here's the reality. Cheating is always about the individual doing the cheating. In fact, I used to say this, and I still believe it, I just don't talk about it as often, that we should stop using the term, he cheated on her, right? Because the truth is when you cheat, you're not cheating on someone else, you are cheating on yourself. The other person is with you as you cheat on yourself. And the evidence supports that. I don't know if you guys remember Probably a few months ago, this video was kind of making the rounds and it was a video of Shaquille O'Neal and he was uh, in a podcast, I think, with um, some other men. It's a very popular podcast, I guess, with men. And I think a lot of the men on there are sports, former sports people or things like that. And they're kind of talking about life. And he's talking about his regrets around his marriage. And he is so open and authentic, transparent, just straight up says, you know what? I screwed up. I was greedy is what he said. I had the best situation. I had a beautiful wife. She gave me beautiful babies and she continued to be beautiful. She was just a great wife and I got greedy. And he talked about how now when he goes home to his big mansion, it's empty and he feels the void, the loss of his family. Now, he didn't go into any sort of sob, like, I wish she would take me back, because that wasn't even something that was on the table. He talked about how she's getting married again to a great guy and all of that. So he wasn't coming from, it wasn't this kind of manipulative, like, begging, come back. No, it was a very straight up assessment, like I screwed up. And I cheated myself out of the life I really wanted. And I've had the opportunity to talk to men who've lost everything through this. I've also had the opportunity to talk to men who haven't actually. And when they admitted, they they say, I've talked to quite a few, actually. I wonder why. Maybe because I've learned how to listen. (laughs) But I remember talking to this one particular man and he was saying how he so loved his wife and he remembered a season when his wife had left, right? And he was actively 
doing everything to get her back, like actively working on regaining her trust and actively, you know, loving her and showering her with things. And he admitted, he said, even while I was doing that, I would leave like the counseling session. I would leave her presence where I had just finished telling her how much I loved her. And all of that was 100% true. And I would get into the car and I would call some of the random girl and I would kind of flirt with her and, and just look for her to flirt back with me because I was so hungry for validation. So this man was aware. He was reflecting on his past, you know, very aware right now about his need for that. He was craving that validation. And I think what a lot of us don't really realize and this isn't a man-woman thing because this is for all people who cheat, but women cheat too, no question about it. However, the society is far less forgiving of women when they cheat. We tend to have a lot more on the line, right? Because men move on faster. Men find it easier to move on, right? So a man can move on in his 50s and his 60s and even still marry a woman who is still young and fertile and have more children. And so his his um, range is wide open, like he can remarry, he can reconnect, and he can date a woman his age, he can date a woman who is younger, he has a whole range of people. When a woman moves on, and I actually talk to a lot of women who, some of them talk about wanting to move on, but being afraid, especially as they get older, because there's this fear, will I meet anyone else at all, right? And... Because again, when you are over a certain age, like for me, I'm not interested in having more children even, right? Um, I don't even want to, even, you know, I'm not trying to, I know people are having children in their fifties even, right? But the reality is as you get older, it does get harder, right? And it does get more challenging. And even if you can, there are many men who immediately will be like, no, thank you, right? So you're seemingly, it is harder. Now, I personally don't believe that you should ever make a decision based on fear. I firmly believe that you should be making a decision based on what you believe is best for your life because you don't need a million men to be available. You just need your man. Yeah, you just need one. You're one. And so all of that, though, has to be said because it then explains this next thing that I want to talk about that, yeah, women tend to cheat less. There are, there's no hard and fast studies about this that I've seen anyway, but anecdotally, anecdotal evidence suggests that, that women cheat less, men cheat more, right? I don't think it's a physiology, uh, physiology thing, like people have suggested biologically, men cheat more, blah, blah, blah. Men cannot be monogamous. I think all of that is nonsense, right? I think that both men and women are attracted to other people. We're all human, but there's a commitment uh, that is different, right? And there's also socialization. Men are socialized to believe that being masculine, actually being more virile, right? Having more sexual conquest actually makes you more of a man, where women are socialized to believe that the opposite is true for them, that they are more used, that they are, you know, you'll hear even the language, right? That a woman who is, who has, a, what do they call it now? Oh, a body count, right? A high body count. There are people that believe she has less value. So women are actually socialized to 
not do that. So it's a socialization issue one. So I don't think it's a biological thing at all, right? I think both men and women can be attracted outside of their primary relationships is what they do, how they commit to the relationship and commit to themselves, actually, that makes a difference. So let's stop this notion of believing that if you are a certain way, you can stop a man from cheating. And that if you are a certain way, that it's your fault he cheated. No. The person who cheats, it is his or hers responsibility and blame alone. Now, definitely, both parties are responsible for the relationship. But if the relationship isn't what it's meant to be, there are many options that you can take that do not include cheating. There are many options you can take out of that are in integrity, not out of integrity. Now, that being said, though, I'd like to kind of highlight a few things here that can help you if there's any such thing as a fair proofing your marriage, right? Because there's two, it always takes two to tango and the only person you can control is yourself. But are there things you can do? Yeah, absolutely. And especially if you're single, are there things you can do? 100%. There's one tool I want to give you today that I believe is a game changer. Actually, there's three tools. <laughs> three tools. I was going to do one, but the three pillars of womanhood, I'm going to talk about them today. And I'm going to show you how having a deep understanding of these three pillars and using them to really set yourself up properly will help you have a better relationship. And if you're single, help you make a better choice the three pillars. Let's get into that. Before I break down the womanhood pillars, let's explore these two things, two mistakes I think that women tend to make, right, in this uh, pursuit of being the most valued in a relationship kind of setting. And, you know, it, it actually serves, it works against us when we do this. And then I'm going to show you how the pillars help you redefine the way you show up and how it can actually help you be more valued, more valuable, and happier so you're not performing. The first myth or idea that we want to break down is the concept that pretty privilege will protect you. And so if you've never heard the term pretty privilege, it is the, the very real truth that in our society, when a woman is considered pretty, more attractive in some way, there is a privilege that goes along with that. People tend to treat her differently. And this is not true everywhere, but there is a privilege that you will see that women who are very attractive considered very attractive, conventionally attractive, will, you know, have certain doors open for them, certain things happen, uh, that other women that are not considered conventionally attractive um, may experience. For me, I believe all of us are beautiful, like we're stunning. I just honestly believe that. I think if you have eyes to see, that every person you see, you will see the beauty in that person. If you have eyes to see. 
not everyone has eyes to see. Some people have never, if you can't even see yourself fully, you can't see other people fully. But when you can, I mean, goodness, like you will see the beauty in a, in a woman who is like Beyonce, for example, or, or Alex Weck, who are very, very different, right? If you guys remember Alex Weck, um, Alec Weck, I think it is Alec Weck, <laughs> Alec Weck. This is very, very long ago. I'm aging myself, but she was a supermodel and she was from Sudan and she was notable because she was one of the first supermodels that kind of looked the way she did and has paved the way for a lot of women uh, that have her aesthetic now. Right. But I remember when she first came on the scene, she had this beautiful, almost blue black skin and, you know, her features, you know, if you've ever seen Sudanese women, it's just stunning. Right. And so she but she was the first that looked that way. Right. Um, On the supermodel stage, that is. And so you'll see that you'll see you'll be able to see beauty in a Lizzo. You'll see beauty in like you if you have eyes to see, you will see beauty in every woman. And every man, quite frankly, because God didn't make mistakes. We are all stunning. But the reality is that we live in a society that is half blind. The society is blind, not us. But the way the society works is designed to be blind. Because guess what? If we really saw our beauty, we would not be funding a billion dollar industry, which I am very much a part of. I will admit, I love the makeup. I love the glam. I'm with it with the hair. So I'm not knocking that. I'm just acknowledging that we're part of something, right? And part of that something is pretty privilege. Now, people think that if you are attractive enough, that you will then stop anything negative from happening to you including the man that you love may never stray. And the reason why I want to debunk this is so that you understand how important the next the pillars are that I'm going to show you. Because sometimes I find that women, they make poor choices in their, in their spouses and their partners. They overlook certain things because they believe that their own beauty and their attractiveness will you know, stop them from going through something that even though this person is a walking red flag, they ignore it. They're like, oh yeah, no, that he may have done that to her, but look at me. And it's not something that is consciously said, but in my conversations with women, whether one-on-one or in my listening, because I'm a listener now, right? So my listening, in as I view social media, as I hear the different podcasts, as I hear different people saying things, you realize that there are some women that think if I am just sexy enough, if I am just that whatever he does to all those other people does not matter. I am the prize, right? And the other side of that is the other thing we think we can do is we can perform our way out of experiencing those negative things as well. And so again, you hear women, and that's why you see a lot of women investing a lot of money in their looks And they talk a lot about their sexual techniques, like how good, like I'm going to put it on him and all of that, right? They talk about how good they are and how they do this. You hear women discussing 
sexual things so much more now. Like there was once a time you didn't really hear it. I'm still kind of old school. Some people would call me a prude and I don't care. I am who I am. I am not going to be discussing certain things, uh, certainly in mixed company or any kind of public company to begin with. It's just not my style and I'm very comfortable with who I am. But it is very common now for women to talk about doing all manner of things. Uh, what was considered vulgar once upon a time is now very commonplace. And it is almost a signaling, like, look at me, I'm sexy. Look at me, I can do this, I can do that. My technique, my game. I've heard women say, my sex game is on point. If your man comes to me, blah, 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 right? And there's this notion that if you perform, that you can stop it from happening. You know, if you're pretty enough, which, you know, if I'm sexy enough, I'll go get the BBL, I'll, I'll get bigger booze, I'll, I'll be spend, a, you know, forever in the gym, I, I'll be, I'll get that bagging body, the weave down to my knees and, and all of those things. But we are seeing, and, and it's a, con- a continual reminder, and I hope we get it, that no matter what you do to yourself, right, you can't stop someone from doing what they are going to do. If you are wanting to become more attractive, do it for yourself. Don't do it in the hopes that you are going to then make be so valuable in the other person's eyes, right? That they won't do it. Because the truth is men and women, people that cheat, I've already talked about this, are not cheating because or of you. Of They're not cheating because they don't love you or they love you, uh, don't respect you. They're cheating because they don't respect themselves. They don't love themselves. They're not cheating because you're not enough. They're cheating because they are not enough. They're not cheating because of anything you have done or not done, quite honestly, even if the relationship is not what they want. The issue, the reason why they're going outside is they have a, an integrity problem. They have, a, they have a morality problem. They have a problem within themselves that has nothing to do with you. Now, could you be more attractive? Have you let yourself go? That's something for you to take a look at, perhaps, right? And if that is the case, hey, come on, do it. Right. And if your husband is telling you, hey, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm I want to see you look different or whatever, then these are honest conversations to be able to have. You know, we have to be able to have those conversations. But does that mean he has the right to cheat? No. And I really want women to recognize that when we do those kinds of things, we really put ourselves in a negative place because let, no matter how much you do, like you can be, you know, there's going to come a time like you, you can try and fight the aging process all you want. If you put so much stock in superficial things, then when you start to change, not only will you go crazy trying to stay young and most women who are fighting it tooth and nail, when you see it, they actually don't look that great. Very often, if you, you know, some people get under, go under the knife, a little plastic surgery in there, and actually it's not bad. It looks nice, right? But then you see those who are like fighting it tooth and nail and every, they have every filler known to man and their faces change. And I'm not knocking it. I've never had a filler, any of those things. You know, I'll say yet, because I'm not averse to restoration is what I'll put, right? I'm not averse to that, but it's not something that is a priority for me. And the other side of that is that, I actually think aging is a beautiful thing. It's a little different, right? Certain things start to change in your body and in your face and you're, okay, okay, face, I see you, right? 
if you allow yourself to appreciate what that looks like, again, this if you have eyes to see, if you have eyes to see, you look into the eyes of an 80-year-old woman, you'll look at her face, you'll look at her body, and you'll see beauty in that. So there is a shift that we actually have to have. And if we are making ourselves crazy thinking that we can look a certain way and protect ourselves from being betrayed or hurt, no. And like I said, it stops you from making the right decisions. The other thing that I mentioned was performing, performing and sexual performance is one of that. One of the things some of us perform like in the house, like our labor, you're trying to be the ultimate kind of homemaker. Again, if you want to be an incredible homemaker, awesome. I think homemaking is a beautiful thing. If you have the gift to do it, beautiful, do it for you. Don't do it with this notion of if you don't do it, someone else will. Have you heard that? I've heard that, you know, said to women on both sides about sex, about food. Like if you don't cook them every night, somebody else will. If you don't sleep with him every day or, you know, morning after night, somebody else will. If you don't swing from the chandeliers and titillate him, somebody else will. And it's, there's this threat. But what that is also saying is that you believe women are replaceable that you believe that you can slot one in and take one out and another one can come in. If a man said that anything along those lines to me, he would be a walking red flag. It would mean immediately that he doesn't see women as individuals. He, he objectifies them. And with that, I would be exiting stage left. And because there's so many women that actually think that way, we don't even realize how devaluing it is. When was the last time you heard uh, someone say that to a man? They do say it in some ways, but it's less said to men. If you don't do it, another man will, right? There are some things that anybody can do, yes, but this is why the first pillar, the first womanhood pillar is going to be a game changer. Because if you are in that boat where if you don't do it, someone else will, it means that the things that you bring to the table the things that you bring, right? And I know people are having this conversation about what do you bring to the table? Because people keep asking, what do you bring to the table? Sidebar, if a man asked me what I brought to the table, I would get up and leave. I wouldn't necessarily get up and leave the table right away. But when I finally finished my dinner and I was polite and like, hello, uh -huh, thank you. This was a lovely evening. That would be the last time we would talk because I'm not interested in someone trying to quantify what I bring to the table. If you're asking me to prove my worth to you, then we already have started off on a bad foot and I don't want to go any further. So I said that term not to validate or um, amplify that messaging that you need to bring something to the table. But I said the term because it's sort of the best way we can discuss what we're discussing right now, that in any relationship, you're adding value, whether it's a relationship with a friend, whether it's a relationship that's romantic, whether it's a relationship with an organization, we need to be adding value. And so if you are adding value, right, and the value you're bringing is the value anyone else can bring, then it means that you are not invaluable, you are very replaceable. And so if you have that idea that if I don't do it, someone else will, it means that you haven't yet connected to what your unique value is. And that brings me to the very first pillar, the very first womanhood pillar, self-mastery. If you've been listening to this broadcast uh, for a while, 
you have heard me talk about self-mastery multiple times. And when I teach on self-mastery, there are a number of different components to it, right? So there is, of course, self-worth. There is self-discovery, where you're discovering your blocks, you're discovering your programming, you're discovering why you have been the way you have been. There is self-determination, where you now take all of that knowledge and you say, this is who I want to be, right? There's reclaiming your voice. So there's a, a, a few things that, that are part of how I teach self-mastery. But when you understand yourself, part of that self-discovery is not just discovering your blocks and your and your challenges, it's discovering what makes you magical, your uniqueness, your iconic factors. When you understand those things, when you understand those things, it is a game changer because you understand how to show up in any sort of situation and you will never be that woman where someone is saying, if you don't do it, someone else will. You want to be that woman where he cannot fathom. He knows that if he's lost you, he can't get another you. Now, I want to just say this straight up. That does not mean he won't cheat. Because if he has an issue, I told you about the person, the gentleman who was saying how much he loved his wife. And he, honestly, in that conversation, he gushed about her. He he genuinely thought she was the best thing since sliced bread. But he had such a character deficit within himself. He had such a woundedness within himself. And he recognized that he had a problem. There's something, some people have a sex addiction. Some people have a love addiction. There's something called a love addiction, where it's not even just about the sex. It's just, I just want to be loved. I just want to feel like people care about me. I'm so desperate for that. And you don't know people's backstories. You don't know their family environment, if they felt like they were never seen and validated growing up as young boys. And remember, we don't really provide room for young boys to do a lot of introspection work. We don't provide a lot of room for men to do a lot of empowerment work. When was the last time you saw a male empowerment event? Very rare, very rare, right? And sometimes now when I see them, I get scared because a lot of them are like these red pill people. But we don't really have authentic masculine leadership kind of training. We don't really have authentic men empowerment events, right? So you have a lot of men who have a lot of wounding, a lot of challenges, and they can't address it. And quite the other thing that is actually working against many men, particularly diaspora men, is that they really do believe that therapy, that any sort of psychological wellness is weakness. And so you will see men walking around, burning down their lives, have no impulse control whatsoever, can't save any money, any money that comes into their hands, they blow it, they are blowing up emotionally, they're out of control, constantly off, you know, losing their temper, less right and center, throwing tantrums, going into narcissistic rages, and they're walking around barely functioning. And we've normalized so much nonsense, right? And they're just going around. And they're unhappy, can't sleep at night, can't get any kind of peace, constantly roaming the streets because they're unhappy. But we have made it so that they are so, and I don't say we as in women, I mean society, right? And the truth is, even though we're saying society has made it so, you have to be a person that advocates for your own life and you have to fight for your own life. And you have to come to a place where you say, I don't care what is acceptable in society or not. I'm in pain. I need to get some help. I've burnt down my whole life. I need to get some help. But so many people don't do that. 
And especially it's made worse because women who can be the thermostats, so many of us are just the thermometers where we report what is happening versus recognize that we have power and influence to begin to shift culture. And we are stuck in this reporting place, this very disempowered place. And not only that, so many of us have been conditioned to believe that it is our fault. So instead of being able to stand our ground and say, my dear, my, my heart, I love you, but what you're doing is not going to work. You need to get some help. We can't do that because we ourselves are struggling, which is why for me, my part in trying to change the world is trying to change one woman at a time to help her understand who she really is, to be self-actualized so that she can stand and be the helpmate, be the help meet, whatever it is you want to call it that she's called to be because we're called to be help meets not just to one man but to mankind and part of that is recognizing your power and so we can no longer continue to carry shame and blame that is not ours you can't perform your way out of it but when you know who you are, you know what you're here for, you know what, what your value is, what your worth is, it will change the way you go about your life. If you're a single person, you will decide and choose better. If you feel like your picker is broken, I've heard that term before. If you perhaps I know people are listening from all across the world. We have so many different countries where we our listeners come from. Hey, y'all. <laughs> but if you're listening from somewhere out of the U.S., you may not understand what that phrase means. But when people say that my picker is broken, it's how I pick my partners, right? And it's typically women that would say that. And it might be a woman who every man she's been with has been sort of, uh, you know, a bad boy, for lack of a better term. And she might say, I think my picker is broken. I pick, I don't pick well. Well, if you don't pick well, let me tell you what I honestly think could be helpful for you is to stop drop into yourself and do your inner work and do your self-mastery. Because when you understand yourself, you understand a couple of things about yourself. One, what you need to thrive, what you need to thrive. So you won't allow yourself to be partnered with someone who, because if I'm with someone who's talking about, you know, another thing, listen, I personally would, I will not be with a person that I cannot submit to because for me, I am, I love the concept of being partnered with someone who can lead. You don't have to lead all the time because even the scripture says submit, submit ye one to another. But I don't want to lead him. Certainly not all the time. In fact, quite honestly, most women I know, especially high achieving women, love, would love to be partnered or love being partnered with men who can lead. Leading is very different from dominating or oppressing. That's a whole nother podcast. We can talk about it another day. But I want to say that to say this, that even though I will not be with a person I cannot submit to, I if I'm with the person, if we're dating, for example, or on a date, and he says, well, I want a submissive woman, red flag for me, I'm out. I'm out. Because again, a lot of people that are saying that, are, are true leaders, every man I know that's worthy of submission, all the men I know personally, they don't ever say things like that. They weren't looking for submissive women. In fact, most of them are married to women who would be considered strong. And so I know, and I'd, it'd be a red flag for me, I'd be out. Why? Because 
I know for me, I'm low on that. I'm low on wanted authority. I'm not looking for someone who's going to try and dominate me. That being said, I'm very able to now, as the woman I am today, to submit myself to the right kind of authority when need be. If I can trust you, if you, I can trust your leadership, I can trust that you are truly 100% on my side. You are trustworthy. I won't, That's why I said I won't be with someone I can't submit to because it means that the person I'm with, if I can't submit to you, then I have no business being in relationship with you because I can't trust you. I can't trust your ability to lead. I can't trust what you bring to the table. If I can't trust your phone, if I can't trust that you're, you know, that you're faithful, that's important to me. If I can't trust that, I'm not going to go any further. But too many of us do that. We go further, even though we know it makes us sick. Recently, uh, in Nigeria, I think this happened some weeks ago. I just heard about it some some days ago, or maybe it was some days ago. I don't remember. But I just heard about it, and it was really terribly sad. And it was a story about a woman who her um, discovered her husband was cheating and got into the car. I think she fa- she met them somewhere on the road. He took off in his car. How cowardly. Took off in his car, and she chased him. And unfortunately, the chase ended in her crashing and dying. Can you just imagine how sad that is? And they have children. Just imagine. And, you know, I saw people, some people doing videos saying, oh, she should have just gone home and she should have just done this. And everybody knows exactly what she should have done, right? Because we think we know what we would do in that situation. But you don't know. You don't know. You don't know her makeup. You don't know. Maybe for you, you're so deadened and, you know, it doesn't matter to you. You'd be like, okay, see you, whatever. No big deal. Okay, that's fine. But this particular woman, it the pain was overwhelming for her. And she just lost it. Now, I wish she didn't, right? And this is part of what self-mastery will also do is give you more emotional control. More emotional, you won't be someone who is, they can't push you this way and that because there's so many people that are living their lives as puppets and they don't even know it. People can control you. They can manipulate you so easily because you don't have, you're not, you don't have mastery yourself. But it was heartbreaking to, to just hear about that story. And I felt so sad for her because I can only imagine how she must have felt when she discovered I've walked with people through betrayal. I've experienced betrayal myself. I've walked with people that seem as if they're just losing it. I'm like, okay, let's breathe. Let's breathe, right? And I'm I'm trying to help them get back centered into themselves. But I've seen how it can take over you. Now, if you know you're someone that cannot handle that, like there's certain things I know I can't handle. If you are rough, like there's some men who speak roughly, it doesn't mean that they're um, they're not even in their mind, they're not aggressive or whatnot, but they're just rough. I'm going to back out <laughs> because I don't want to be brutalized <laughs> every time we have a conversation. I, that's just not me. I'm not that person. Like, yeah, I'm just going to give it to you straight. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could give it to me straight, but you don't have to give it to me harsh, right? I don't want that. You know, um, I know that I won't thrive. I won't do well with that. If you're that person who is never available, you're always in a meeting, you know, maybe you and Obama in a meeting. I don't know. I don't know, but... I'm just going to say, you know what, you're far too busy for a woman like me. I do need some companionship. And so I know I won't thrive. 
Now, that's part of what self-mastery will help you do. It will help you understand what you need. It will help you have the power to be self-determining. So many women are socialized to be chosen and not to choose. You need to choose. You need to choose. I don't care if you have just one suitor. Check and see if he's not the right suitor. You need to choose no. Because that's what so many women are just, just manage. And then you get into marriage and it's so challenging and draining and heartbreaking. And we don't talk about it. And so many women are going through so much. Trust me, I know. I love marriage. I think marriage is an incredible opportunity. But it's an opportunity that must be taken with wisdom. So self-mastery will help you do that. When you know your worth, you won't settle for less. It won't make you haughty because a lot of people, a lot of women who are, who act superior, who look down on other people who speak just any kind of way, they are not coming from a place of self-mastery. In fact, they don't know themselves. So they're masking and they're acting a certain way. They're putting on a front and putting on a facade in a show. In fact, when I meet people who are very elitist, who are, you know, mean girls, when I come across a mean girl, I just know she's deeply insecure. And I know that they're, they're, they are hiding. They're so afraid. They're afraid people are going to see that they're not who they think, who they're acting like. When I meet people who are still stuck in their popular, like I'm a popular girl from high school. I'm like, ma'am, high school was like 30 years ago and you're still in that space. It means that you don't even know who you are today. That's why you're holding on to the image of who you were at 16. Women who get their validation from external things, whether it be their degrees or their money or their logo items, all of those things are perfectly fine and wonderful. Kudos to you if you have had many achievements. Kudos to you if you have extraordinary style. Kudos to you if you like to rock that Hermes Birkenbag. Fantastic. But your worth is not in those things. And if you think it is, it's because you have not yet discovered what your true worth is. And as long as you haven't discovered that, it will be very difficult to make an incredible choice. If you are married, you might be listening to this and saying, okay, this is great for people who are single, but what about me? I'm married. If you are married, it works too, because in order for you to become a woman of influence, because that's how you begin to change things in your world, in your marriage, in your relationship, it's influence. The feminine power that we have is influence. Sometimes we attempt to do it with force, right? People attempt to go in with masculine force. You try to dominate, you try to make ultimatums, you try to, you know, I had, I've heard women say, you should put down your foot, put your foot down, right? And honestly, and you can go and you can do it any kind of way you want. But for me, I don't want to break my foot. If I go through a life into a relationship where I'm constantly having to put my foot down, there's a cost to you each time you have to do that. And I don't actually think that is the most powerful way that feminine women, because not every woman leads with her feminine, can show up. It's influence. And when we 
And for you to have influence, you have to have self-mastery. You have to have a strong sense of self-worth. You have to show up a certain way. The more powerful that you are, and I don't mean powerful as far as the way we look at power bases, but you have that internal power because you know who you are. You have a deep confidence in yourself. You are a woman of integrity. You're a woman of high value because you continue to strive to be your best self continually. Then you become a woman that has more influence. When anyone can look at you and say, yeah, that's a woman who's making her, taking care of herself and doing what she needs to do and handling her business, but from a grounded place, Proverbs says that a kind-hearted woman gains respect. There's so many people that focus on achievement and they're not kind. When you are your best self, you have more influence. And that comes, that comes from self-mastery, which is why it's so important for me to teach self-mastery. And I want to take a moment here and tell you about something that we have coming up that is truly, I'm excited about it. I really am. <laughs> you know, I have in the last year, I've run retreats, we've run masterminds, we have some really elite experiences and we will continue to have that. But I wanted to create an opportunity that was more accessible and more community focused. And so I'm really excited. We've been running uh, the the uh, Iconic Womanhood Circle for the last six months for my inner circle, people that have been in my other programs, my masterminds, uh, my one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, and we have circles within the circles, actually. <laughs> But I am excited because we're going to be able to open up an outer circle that will allow for so many of you that have expressed interest in the work that we're doing, but you're looking for a more accessible um, way to do it, more bite-sized, right? So you want to be able to be part of a community, be part of an immersion experience. You want to experience self-mastery, but not necessarily in a course form, but you want some bite-sized transformation and you want to be able to uh, invest in yourself, but you're not in a place or, or not even, it's not even about your finances. It's just literally so much in, on your plate that you want bite-sized investments as well. We got you. I have heard it over and over again from so many of you, and I've been sitting with it and actually got a divine download about a design change, and I'm excited. <laughs> 2023 is going to be our official big launch, but I want to invite some people that are in the know. Those of you that have listened to the podcast for years, I love you. Thank you. Those of you that have been in our communities that are on the mailing list and all that good stuff, we want to invite you guys before we do our main launch in 2023 in just a little bit, in a little over a month. We are going to open the doors to the Iconic Womanhood Circle. And one of the big things we're going to work on is self-mastery. In the circle, we're going to work on all of the pillars. And so if you are listening to this podcast, if you go into the podcast notes, you will be able to see a link where you can join the waiting list. And here's why you want to join the waiting list. You want to join the waiting list because one, I'm going to be sending some special things to those people on the waiting list uh, through this next month, right? You're going to get an insider's look, but you are also going to get first dibs. First dibs on our incentive pricing, first dibs on bonuses, right? 
that are going to be limited. And so you want to join the waiting list. And all you have to do is go into the show notes, click the link, join the waiting list. If you're following me on Instagram, if you go onto my link, to, uh, my Instagram bio, you'll be able to join the waiting list right there. Click it, it's the very first tab. And I'm excited to see those of you on the list because I love to give and we are gonna give you some great stuff. So with that being said, let me get to the second pillar. So I hope you understand how self-mastery is going to help you. It's going to help you pick better. It's going to help you be a woman of influence. It's going to help you, you know, the more you master yourself, the more you're able to manage everything around you better. And I don't mean manage as in just suffer through, but manage as in be strategic. You're going to be able to understand the person next to you and how to show up in a way that will help him be his best. You cannot control him. You are not responsible for his choices. Well, we are talking about how you can help him be his best, how you can connect more to this person. You know, uh, self-mastery is the very first module on the Iconic Woman course. And I uh, was on a call some, I think this was last year, end of last year. And one of the ladies on the call had taken the course and she said, I asked if anyone had any questions at the end of the call. And she said, I don't have a question. I just want to tell you my experience. I've been married for about 10 years and I have a good marriage. My husband is a great guy. And when I took the course, I wasn't taking it because of my marriage. I was taking it because I felt unfulfilled in my life. And I was trying to figure out how I could really stand out and, and gain more confidence. And I was particularly thinking about work. Well, guess what? I did get a promotion. But beyond that, what I want to tell you that happened was my marriage has gotten so much better because my husband says that even though we've been together for 10 years, he feels as if he's finally getting to know me in a way that he's been wanting to know me because the course allowed me to know myself better and allowed me to become more vulnerable and open to him in a way that I had never been. It will increase your intimacy. You can't have intimacy with anyone else until you have a certain measure of intimacy with yourself. It will increase your capacity for love. It will increase your capacity for delight. Self-mastery. Womanhood pillar number one. Let's talk about womanhood pillar number two, divine alignment. See, I believe that a woman needs to be self-mastered and fully expressed, whole within herself. But then you also have to be in divine alignment. I'm a woman of faith. I'm unapologetically a Jesus girl. You can't tell me anything about it. You can't talk to me about my Jesus because I have experienced too much. This is not even just head knowledge. This is heart knowledge. This is literal experiences that I've had that tell me God is real. Jesus is real. And he loves me. He loves you too. Yes, he does. And when you get into divine alignment, it means that you are no longer trying to do everything in your own strength. It means that you are able to get direction, guidance, and support. It means that if you let him, he will lead you down green pastures. He will restore your soul, quiet waters. And some of you, your lives have been so chaotic because you've been trying to do it in your own strength, and you don't even know what it really means to be in divine alignment in this in our Iconic Womanhood Circle, and I will let you know right now, unapologetically, we have Bible studies. We have prayer time. We have real talks at times when we break it down. And you know I will share a, a, a scripture in a heartbeat, right? So it is designed for women of faith. 
It is an opportunity for women of faith. Now, of course, if you're not a woman of faith, you're welcome to come on in the room, but we've been to talk about Jesus, okay? We've been to talk about Jesus. Uh, and, and because I know how powerful it is when you are in divine alignment, there are times when you're in divine alignment and you're praying, God will tell you categorically, my daughter, he's a no. He will open your eyes to things. I don't know if you have had this experience. There's some women that never need to check phones because they'll have a dream and it will be a revelation. God will speak to you, show you, you'll have an understanding. And when you pray, you'll know what to do. Like Esther, you'll know what to do. Did I ever tell you guys this story? How when I, This is years ago when I was married. There was a particular thing that was going on. And I was wrestling with how to address it and tell you, I was married for 17 years. I learned a lot. There were a lot of wins in that marriage. Now, unfortunately, some things came to pass towards the end that made it, it had to end. But I am grateful for that time because I learned so much. And, and so I know that some of the things I'm about to share with you, I tell you, I know for a fact. But I remember I had been doing an Esther study and something happened. And I was wrestling with it. And my daughter was like four years old at the time, right? And I wasn't, I wasn't wrestling with it. It was just me. So I wasn't talking to anybody about it. I was just kind of thinking it through, thinking it through, sitting with it. And, you know, I had been sitting on my bed and just kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do, what I was going to do. And I kid you not, this is what I'm telling you. I'm sold out. <laughs> In comes my little baby girl at the time just kind of toddling in. Hi, mommy. And I'm like, hey, baby. And she says, mommy, do like Esther. Do like Esther. And I was like, what? What did you say? She said, mommy, you've got to do it like Esther. And then she walked out of the room. And I'm like, listen, Holy Spirit, now listen. If you want to talk to me, talk to me direct. <laughs> Don't go through the corners. I was like, whoa, okay, Lord, I'm listening. I'm listening. Divine alignment will change your life. There are many of us that we say we're women of faith. We, we go to church, but we don't listen. We don't ask God for guidance. We pray at God. We don't hear God. We don't sit and wait we try to make it happen. We try to tell God what to do. But when you're in divine alignment and you hear and you listen and you go, you allow grace to show you and, and protect you in favor. Some of us have favor, but we won't use the favor. You know, it's like someone gave you an umbrella and you're like, I'm okay. And you start walking in the rain. There are literally some of us that do that. A door will open and you look at it suspiciously. You're like, no, no, thank you. I want to do it by myself. That's what some of us are doing. I got it. God is like, come this way. No, God, I got it. I'm good. I'm okay. I got it. We don't even realize you're out of alignment. Sometimes we're out of alignment because what God is asking us to do, we don't want to do it. We want to do it this way. We want to be with the cool kids. We want to do whatever it is, right? That's what we're trying to do. And so we're missing what God is saying. But I want to show you what it means to be in divine alignment. And not only that, you're going to be in community with people who are living that way. And when you're in community with people who are living that way, it's easier to live that way. And it's a game changer. If you are single, 
you will be able to pick better. You will attract the person that you are meant to attract. If you are married, being in divine alignment will give you wisdom. If you have a good relationship, it'll make it better. If you're in a challenging relationship, now not every challenging relationship has to end in divorce. Many challenging relationships are restored. And even if it has to end in divorce, you don't have to divorce in a way that destroys you or destroys your children. You can divorce in a way that there's still grace and favor attached to that. Divine alignment. Pillar number two. And finally, pillar number three. I've already mentioned it a couple of times. And so I'm not going to talk too much about it. If you have listened to my podcast, you know how much I value community. Because community is necessary. Forsake not the fellowship of the brethren. Community is necessary. If you want to go far, go together. Community is necessary. And not just any community, but the right kind of community. Some people think community, the right kind of community, simply means being around people who are, quote unquote, the movers and the shakers. And some of those people are not healed people. They know how to achieve, but they don't know how to be. And if you only have that kind of community, you will have a community where you're constantly doing and never being, a community of people who are just actually unhappy. They have all the accolades, but deep down inside, they're miserable. I've been, I've seen people like that. I know people like that. And my heart goes out to them because there's so many women that are just stuck. The other day I did a post where I talked about how some women, all they know how to do at this point now is achieve. I want to see if I can read it to you. It's on my Instagram and it was incredible. The responses that I got. Okay. Let me see what it says here. Yeah. So I said, we don't talk about the dark side of being a high achieving woman. And as actually, I talked a little bit about it in the podcast. If you go to one of the podcast episodes where I said how to stop feeling drained and exhausted and stuck in your masculine. That's where I was kind of talking about this, right? Stuck in a lifestyle that doesn't work for you. And it really is the dark side of being a high achieving woman because there's so many women that have been taught to pursue success in a way that is a masculine paradigm. And what happens is they get so depleted. And so if you're thinking that in order to be with the right community, you wanna just be with movers and shakers, and you can be with women who are completely depleted in their feminine. And when women are out of balance with their feminine energy for so long, they disconnect from their essence and they lose their vibrancy and their radiance and they lose their sense of joie de vivre, right? They're not excited anymore. They've become numb. All that excites them is the next win because the masculine side in them is the only part that is awakened. And so the only thing they're comfortable accessing is ambition. We don't talk about this anymore. And so those are the women that will make you feel shamed for choosing to stay home when you have your children. Those are the women that will make you feel ashamed for some choices that you may make in your marriage. Those are the women that will shame you for slowing down. Maybe God is saying, slow down. They'll shame you. Oh, you're not at this income level yet? Money is just one mark of success. There are so many others. There are women that are so condescending and their language, and I'm just going to use a word, is nasty. And they don't even realize it because they don't know how drained that, that, that part of themselves is drained. 
they become hard. And so you need to be in a community. My, my advice, I mean, let me not say you need, I'm inviting you. That's a better way to put that, right? I'm inviting you to be in a community of women who can stand in their power, but also are honest and vulnerable enough to say, I am also not perfect. I make mistakes. A woman who can share my child, they share their wins, but they also share their fails. A woman who can pray with you, woman who can laugh with you, woman who can twerk with you, okay? <laughs> we can twerk with you sometimes. I'll twerk with you, okay? Right? We, we don't take ourselves too seriously, but we also take ourselves seriously, right? This is the kind of community that the Iconic Womanhood Circle is. I'm always amazed. If you've ever been to any of our events, you will know what I'm talking about is true. There's love in this community. They love themselves and they love their neighbors. And we are constantly striving to really be ambassadors of the love of God. And we want to be our best, right? I'm the coach, right? I'm, not, I'm one of many coaches in the community, actually. There are many women who are coaches who are part of the circle but I'm the lead coach and the founder, but I don't see myself as the guru, right? I'm the guide. I'm the person putting it together, but we're all on this journey together. So I'm inviting you to come on a journey with me, with me. This is what the circle is about. And so I'm really excited because community is so important. And if you've been sitting on the sidelines, if you've been listening to this podcast, if you've been on my mailing list and you've said, one day I'd like to participate. I've had people tell me, <laughs> and I love you guys. You guys are so straight with me. <laughs> Every so often I'll run into someone and they say, I wanted to come to your event. I want to come, but I, I'm not ready to pay thousands of dollars. And I said, I get it. Those events, they are thousands of dollars and they will continue to be thousands of dollars because it takes thousands of dollars of investments to really make them sing. But I'm so glad that we have found some other opportunities that we can. And I'm, I'm like, one of the reasons why I haven't done this in a while, I used to have um, a membership type experience many years ago when we were still operating under the Refresh brand. And then I closed it down because I couldn't see, I wanted to see how we could create the value that we wanted to create in such a way, right? I don't want to shortchange anybody. Not, I'm not going to shortchange you and I'm not going to shortchange my team and I'm not going to shortchange my business or myself, right? So I don't believe in cheating people and I'm not cheating myself either. So I wanted to find a way that we could create this experience that would make sense for everybody. And I am ecstatic because we have found a way and I'm so excited about what 2023 is going to bring. And we are opening the doors, like I said, in just about a month. What's today's date? Just about a month. We're going to open the doors and I'm telling you, well, I think a little over a month. That's why you want to be on the list. We The exact date, I'm not going to release it yet. But that's why you want to be on the list so that when the time comes, you jump right in there. Like I said, we're going to have time sensitive and limited quantity bonuses. And so you don't want to miss out on that. Okay, for sure. And then while once you sign up, we have a few interesting things coming through the pipeline for you because I love to give gifts. And so I'm excited for that. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope that this has given you some insight 
right? Some things to think about, about how you can be your very best self, how you can have your best relationship, how you can live happy no matter what. And remember, you deserve to live well. You deserve to be well. You deserve to feel well. God bless you. Be well. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you are listening to this show, it probably means you are ready to move from success into significance. Please visit us at iconicwomanhood.com and get a free gift to help you on your journey.